And in your homes, if you'll agree with me. One way you can agree is by saying the same thing because you do believe it in your heart. So if you believe the following, just raise your hands toward the Lord and say it with us. All of our debts are being reduced and being eliminated. We call this church paid off years and years ahead of time and full of people and full of your glory. We're getting our lands. We're getting our buildings. We're getting our vehicles. We're getting our houses. And God is bringing into our hands great big huge whopper chunk seeds to sow for the advancement of his kingdom. And we give you glory for it. Amen. You believe that? All right. Good. All right. You may be seated. You know, faith's confessions create realities in your lives. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit more about words. You know, we talked about speaking up. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And we're also going to be talking about, to put it in a nice way, hush up. All right. So turn to James chapter 3, if you would. James, the third chapter, the first verse says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we will receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now the word perfect there means mature man. The NIV says, We stumble in many ways, but anyone who is never at fault in what they say is mature or perfect, and able to keep the whole body in check. Think about that. If you can keep your mouth in line, you can control your body. The NLT says that we would be perfect and we could also control ourselves in every other way. I believe this, the words of our mouth is a major key to self-control. Amen. And uh, so James bears this out. He talks about ships and He talks about horses and he talks about our tongue. And the bottom line that James is getting across is every one of them need to be controlled. Notice with me in verse 3, he said, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which they be so great and are driven of fierce winds. Yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. What he's saying here is that your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. Your tongue to your life is like your steering wheel to your car. If you don't like the direction you're going in your automobile, or if you're going the wrong way, you simply got to turn it around and start moving in a different direction. Well, it's the same with our words, because our words locate us. Our words fix the landmarks of our life. Many people live defeated lives because they defeat themselves with the way they think and the way that they talk. And so James is saying, your tongue must be brought into control. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. 
Verse 26 of James 1 says this. If any among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is in vain. Now I'm here to tell you that you can do all sorts of religious activity. That you can go to church. You can even go street witnessing. You can do a lot of really, really good things. But if your tongue is out of control, it's all vanity. Because it says here, if any man among you thinks he's religious, but does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart and his walk with God or religion is useless. Are you seeing the value of your words? In James 1, 6 says, and so the tongue, it is a fire, a world of iniquity. And so is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. Now I'm here to tell you this morning that hell can inspire the tongue. And when hell inspires the tongue, or when the flesh inspires the tongue, it can turn your life into a raging fire, which tells us that it is out of control. How many have ever seen a fire out of control? And people's lives are out of control because there is no tongue control. Now, we're hearing a lot about gun control. I'm not sure where you stand on gun control. I know where I stand on it. But we're not really uh, needing so much gun control as we do tongue control. You know, someone wrote a book years ago that they're hung by the tongue. You can hang yourself every day with the words of your mouth. Just get up every morning after you're supposed to be refreshed by a good night of sleep and talk about how tired you are. Just think about how tired you are all the time. And I'll guarantee you by five o'clock, you'll so be so fatigued, you won't even be able to see straight. You know, I'd rather get up in the morning and say the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not going to live a flesh controlled anymore life anymore. I'm going to live a spirit controlled life. And if you're going to control, be controlled by the spirit, you also must allow the Holy Spirit to help you control your tongue. And he will do it. I know he will do it because he's helped me. How many can be honest this morning with me and say the Holy Spirit has helped you control your tongue? Oh, I'm telling you what, if you'll just ask him for his help, he will help you. And you'll be able to avoid a lot of snares of the fowler if you will just align your mouth up with the word of the living God. Verse 7, for every kind of beasts and birds and serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. Now I want you to notice that, that no man can tame the tongue. God doesn't require you to do this in and of yourself. Well, pastor, if I go to some sort of a psychological self-help seminar, will that help me? Well, it may, but it may not. But you're going to get the biggest help from the Word of God. You're going to get the biggest help by being spirit-filled. And speaking to your God supernaturally in a brand new tongue every day. Verse 9. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which is made after the similitude of God, Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. And then he says, my brethren, these things shouldn't be that way. 
In other words, we shouldn't be speaking victory one day and then the next day defeat. We shouldn't be talking healing one day and the next day sickness and disease. We shouldn't be talking prosperity one moment and then the next moment defeat and poverty. See, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. These things ought not to be so. What God is saying to us today, align your tongue up, align your mouth up with the blessing. The Bible says that you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, you are so blessed, even the blessed call you blessed. You're blessed coming in and blessed coming out. Well, how are you doing today, pastor? I'm blessed. How come you're blessed? Because God said I'm blessed. Amen? So out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. These things ought not to be so. And the devil will pressure you to speak from your flesh. The devil will oppress your soul and try to get you to talk about how depressed you are. But you can change that and you can turn the tables on the devil because your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. You need to rise up every morning and say, I'll tell you what, there ain't no depression here. No more down days here. The joy of the Lord is my strength. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And so, I encourage you with the word of the Lord today. Because as Proverbs 18.21 says, The death and life are in the power of the tongue. You have the ability to choose life-filled words or death-filled words. And both of those are words that contain either life or death. Words are containers. Words aren't just, you know, something that just kind of float around. Words are weighty in the realm of the Spirit. They are weighty. And words of life release the laws of life. Words of death release the laws of sin and death. So when you look at the landscape of your life, you need to ask yourself, what kind of words am I speaking What am I saying about myself? What kind of words am I declaring over my relationships? What kind of words am I declaring over my school? What kind of words am I declaring over my nation? You know, I know this nation is a nation that needs a lot of prayer. But I am not going to put the United States of America down with my words. I believe that in some quarters we need to hush up and not speak from the flesh concerning our government. And then we need to speak up and pray up and stand up for righteousness and what really matters in this nation. Any person can point and say this is bad and that is bad and doom and gloom and agony on end. But it takes a person of faith to call those things that be not as though they were. It takes a person of faith to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might in this day, in this hour. It takes a man or woman of God of faith to look smack dab in the midst of contradictory circumstances and call it the way God calls it. You see, whatever you call, eventually eventually you will see. Because your words will paint pictures. So when you look around at the landscape of your life, what kind of word pictures are you painting every day? 
What are you saying about your body? You know, your body says sick, but God's word says healed. Your body says arthritis, but the word of God says you're redeemed from arthritis. The body says migraines, but the word says you're redeemed from migraines. So why don't you just, in, in, in the midst of the pain, all right? In the midst of all the, 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 the terrible junk that happens in your life, why don't you just call it the way God calls it? Why don't you just start calling the things that be not as though they were? And I believe that God will meet you there and he will bless your life. Amen? Now, coaches and teachers and parents, did you know that your words can hurt or help? Your words can encourage or they can discourage. Your words can boost up someone's self-confidence or they can tear people down. I believe that there are times in our lives where we just flat need to hush up. And we should not be speaking up the way that we are feeling. You see, it is by our words that things are accomplished or things are destroyed. You know, there's some really interesting scriptures in the Bible about holding your tongue or hushing up. For example, Proverbs 10, 19 says this. In the NLT, it says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Have you discovered that? (laughs) You know, there's supposed to be a filter between what you think and what you say. The scripture in Proverbs 15, 28 says, The heart of the godly thinks carefully before it speaks. Proverbs 17, 27 says, He that has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. So don't let the devil pressure you into saying something that you ought not to say. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just zip it up. Just shut it up or just hush it up. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, hush up. (laughs) Ecclesiastes 10.12 says this. Words from the mouth of the wise are gracious, but fools are consumed by their own lips. Words from a a wise man's mouth are gracious. Our words are to be filled with grace. They're to be seasoned with salt. Listen, you will get a lot further in life by being gracious to people than you will being mean to them. When you're mean to people and ugly to people, you just shut them down and their spirit just shuts up on you and they really don't want anything to do with you. But gracious words, praise God, It'll get you places, praise the Lord, that mean words won't get you. Amen? Now, Brenda and I are going to the airport today. We have a flight at 225. We're going to Tulsa to be with our pastors, Hagen's, and Pastor Hagen and Miss Lynette. And uh, going down to Pawnee to see some family. But you know what? I'm going to be nice at the airport today. (laughs) And you'll get plenty of opportunity at the airports of life to be mean. I mean, you may walk up to a line and flights are being delayed and Sister Snagglepuss is there and say, may I help you? You've all seen people like that. You know, it's like that poster. I've got one nerve left and you're on it. But gracious words, nice words, being nice to people. You know, it's just simply showing respect to people. You don't know what kind of hell those people are going through. And you're a carrier of light, a carrier of love, and a carrier of life. And one way that those words, that light, that love, that life are released is by your words. There is an anointing that will come upon your life. 
as you're gracious, you're wise if you will do it. Amen? Turn me to Ephesians 4.29. Let's look at this one. On the way over, let me quote to you, the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Your words, anointed by the Holy Spirit, can remove people's burdens and destroy their yokes. Now in Ephesians 4.29, let's read it together. He said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for necessary edification, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Minister what? Grace. Minister what? Grace. You know, you can practice that. You can develop that. You can get better at that. Ask yourself, just stop and think before you say something. What kind of thing is that going to minister to them? Is that going to minister life? Is that going to minister grace? Or is that going to minister death? You know, a recent study has been done that shows that there are three out of ten people that you meet that have broken hearts. They're broken hearted. We live in a society that is broken. And a society that is broken is full of broken people. Broken hearted. But you, you can make a difference in someone's life by just simply speaking kind words to them. Our words are to be filled with the grace of God. Here's some ways that you can do it. How many have kids? How many have grandkids? Did you know that you can add value to your children? You can talk to your children in such a way that when they leave that home, when they get that lunch bucket right before they catch that bus or go to school, you can speak such great words over them that they'll face this world with a sense of being more than a conqueror. There's nothing I can't do because my daddy says so. There's nothing I can't do because my mama told me. Amen. My dad told me. I'm blessed, and therefore I'm blessed. My dad, my mom told me, you're smart. You can make it in life. You can do anything that you put your heart and your mind to. Those are the kind of words that kids need. Kids don't need to be insulted and told they're ugly. Kids don't need to be beat up and beat down by the words of our mouth. Kids deserve to live in an atmosphere of faith. Our grandchildren deserve to live in an atmosphere of love. Where the love of God flows from mom and dad, from grandpa and grandma. And that love is so tangible in the home. I'm telling you, it'll make a big difference in their lives. Has anyone ever spoken good words over you? And good words about you? How did that change your life? I tell you, it'll change your whole perspective. It'll change the way you think about yourself. It'll change the way you talk about yourself. You can add value to people's lives by building them up. And if you can't build people up, then you just need to hush up. Now the problem is, is a lot of adults, they don't have the love of God in their heart. Or they haven't learned to let the love of God dominate them. They're still hung up by a lot of insecurities and still hung up by a lot of things that they had hanging over them in the past. Well, there's no condemnation. But if you're in that category, find out who you are in Christ. Find out that you are not a failure. 
that in him you are more than a conqueror. Receive the love that God has to you. And once you get a revelation of how much love loves you, go out and be a lover. Say with me, I'm a lover. I'm not a hater. I'm a builder. Not a putter downer. I'm an edifier. Because the love of God has come into my life. And it has lifted me. Just think about how much God's done for you. Just think about how much love has lifted you. When you get a revelation of how much he's lifted you, you can go out and be a blesser, a lifter, an edifier, and an encourager of people. Amen. That's your homework this week. Go out and bless someone. You are blessed not just to consume, but you are blessed to contribute. And one way that we contribute is with our words. Put courage into someone. Just encourage somebody. There's people in my life that have encouraged me so much. I talked to one last night. Just an encourager. Just an encourager. We all need encouragement. And so since we do, why don't we be that encourager? And you know what will happen? You'll start reaping what you're sowing. Amen? Say it with me real strong. I am an encourager. And so, you know, when the Bible talks about corrupt communication, it's not talking so much about, uh, you know, cussing or evil talk. It includes that. But it's talking about faithless words, words of worry, words of fear, words of complaining, words of doubt, unbelief, critical words, mocking words, negative words, hateful words, and murmuring words. The Bible tells us, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. None of it. No foul or polluting language. No critical attitudes. Amen? No doubt. No worry. No fear. Did you know that always talking about how fearful you are grieves the Holy Spirit? I mean, He loves you. God loves you. But talking about your fears will do nothing for your life. It'll just keep you down. See, the Bible says God didn't give you a spirit of fear. But a power and love and a sound mind. Quit talking about your fears. Your fears will come upon you, Job said. Start talking words of love, words of faith, words that will bless your life. Amen? Amen. Now notice with me in 2 Corinthians 4.13. I want to encourage you for just a few moments that we have left. I want to talk to you a little bit. We've talked about hushing up. Now we're going to speak up. Everyone say speak up. Did you know that you have the same spirit of faith that David had? What did David do with that spirit of faith? He slew Goliath. He said, you come to me with this and that, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Faith-filled words will dominate your situation. It'll dominate the laws of sin and death. Read verse 13 with me. And since we have the same spirit of faith... According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe in what? Now keep that up there for a moment. Now there is such a thing as, how can I say it? There is such a thing as faith, I would say head faith. Knowing the principles of faith but not having the spirit of faith. 
Having the principles of faith and having the knowledge of faith is where it begins. But there's got to come a time in your life where faith takes hold of your heart. What I mean by that is this, is that you have this measure of mountain-moving faith, but you've got to do something with it. And the spirit of faith is something that's got to be caught. You see, there's a spirit of fear. How did a person get the spirit of fear? They caught it. They yielded to it. Well, with the spirit of faith, you've got to catch it. It's got to be something that, that is burning in your heart. The spirit of faith comes from the spirit of God. With the spirit of faith, you can move mountains. With the spirit of faith, you can do all things. With the spirit of faith, you'll never back down and back out. With the spirit of faith, you'll yell and scream and shout and Jericho's walls will come down. With the spirit of faith, when a negative report comes your way, you just rise up on the inside of you and said, you know what, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. And I'm going to speak this word and I'm going to stand on this word. If it takes forever, I don't care. I'm standing on my covenant. Say it with me, I have the spirit of faith. And the spirit of faith is caught by reading Exploits that have been done through faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is loaded with it. The spirit of faith is caught by hanging around with people and associating with people that have the spirit of faith. I don't want to hang around with people that have a spirit of fear. That their knees are all, always knocking. Always got a bad report. Well, yeah, God said this, but there's giants in the land. Yeah, God's word said this, but the doctor said that. Yeah, God's word said this, but Wall Street says that. Well, you're going to have to determine in your heart, whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? I'll tell you what we're going to believe. We're going to believe the report of the Lord, and we're not only going to believe it. We're going to say it, and we're going to have what we say based on what we believe. That's the spirit of faith. Amen? Oh, thank you, Lord. Can you shout with me just a moment? So, in other words, whatever God has to say, you may boldly say. And that's why I encourage you. We're probably going to order maybe 100 or 200 of these books. That's why I encourage you to find out what God's words say. Amen? And then start saying what God has to say. And when you start saying it long enough, pretty soon you'll believe it. And it'll drop into your heart and it will change your life forever. It's like Hebrews says, because he has said, I will never leave him nor forsake him. We may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? See, there is authority in your mouth. In the mouth of the believer. You see, God has always operated by the word. God said, light be and light was. And so it is through faith that we understand that the very worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which we see were not made of things which do appear. We live in a universe that is upheld by the word of his power. Light is still expanding at so many hundreds, thousands, miles an hour because it was released with faith-filled words. And the Bible says that you also having the same spirit of faith. Your creator created with words. You can frame your world with your words that are based on his word. What kind of world do you want? Amen? Amen. It's got to line up with the word of God. Oh, but you can frame it. Amen? Now, the enemy's afraid of this. 
He just soon you not even be here this morning. Because he knows the children of God in him can reign as kings through life. For if one by one man's offense, death reign by one, much more they would receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign as kings in life by one Christ Jesus. Romans 5.17, right? Reign as kings. Ecclesiastes 8.4 says where the word of a king is, what is, what is it? There's power. Where the word of a king is, there's power. That's why the devil's afraid of it. Because your mouth lined up with his word, it's a weapon. And it has the ability to get results, either plus or minus. Turn quickly to Job 22, verse 28 in the Amplified Version. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. You ever been in a class... The teacher asks you a question, you're out there mumbling. Speak up, Mr. Thomas. We can't hear you. Well, it's good to meditate the word. It's good to mumble the word. But there's times where you've got to speak up. And you must activate this faith on the inside of you with your voice. Amen? Amen. Job 22, verse 28. Would you read it with me, please? You shall also decide and decree a thing. Stop right there. You shall also decide. In other words, it's a decision of your will to learn the word and speak the word. If you don't value the significance of words, if you fall into this trap that a lot of religious people do, oh, there's nothing to that. Name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. See, they'll put people like you down. Let them put you down all you want. God's word will build you up. You've got to make a decision. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to speak by faith. You'll decide and decree or declare a thing, and it will be established to you. In other words, it'll be fixed in your life. It will be a common occurrence. And read the rest with me. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. The light of what? God's favor. God's grace and God's favor shines upon your ways when you make a quality decision to declare what his word says about you. See, in Chronicles, it says that the eyes of the Lord, they're running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward them. His eyes are watching the whole activity of the earth. He's looking for people, he's looking for places. That he can put on a grand performance. Turn me to Jeremiah 1. Look at verse 12. Jeremiah 1, 12 in the Amplified. Then said the Lord to me. To who? Me. To me. You have seen well. I'm alert and active. What that means is he's not passive. He's not asleep. He is paying attention, is he not? Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am alert and active, and I am watching over what? Notice he didn't say, I'm watching over your tears to perform it. He's moved by your faith. He's touched by what's going on in your life, but it's your faith that's going to move him. He's not saying, I'm watching over your tears to perform it. I'm watching over my word to perform it. 
So I got a question for you this morning as we close here in a moment. Is God able to put on a performance in your life? Is he able to perform his word on your behalf? What's he looking for? He's simply looking for a man or woman here on earth with the spirit of faith that will say what he said and agree with it. And when we give voice to the word of God, he then begins to perform it. How many of you have a cell phone? Pull your cell phone out. Okay, is it on or off or is it silenced? <laughs> I was in church the other night. My phone was on. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. There's many times I've scolded people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But um, how many of you have apps on your phone? Well, you've got tons of apps, right? With these new cell phones, you can just get, I don't know, it's just unbelievable amount of apps. And many of the new cell phones are voice activated, are they not? Once you speak, the app hears your voice and performs the words that you have spoken. For example, if you're not from here and uh, you have a particular type of coffee you like, maybe you like Starbucks or maybe you like Pete's, and say, well, I think I'll go to Pete's after church and, you know, have a latte and a roll and just fellowship and hang around. So you speak into it, and you said a Pete's coffee shop. Within seconds, a nearby store or stores of coffee shops will come up on your phone. Why? Because that app is watching over your words, come on, to perform them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the manifestation of God's word in your life is voice activated. The Lord is watching over His Word to perform it. Why not, all week long, start activating His Word with your voice today? Stand up, everybody. You shall decide. And you shall decree a thing. And guess what? It's going to be established for you. And the light of God's favor is going to shine. I'm expecting His favor to shine upon my way all week long. Everywhere I go, I got favor. Now, some of you, you might need to prime the decree it up pump this morning. So let's do that. Raise one of your hands toward heaven. Let's activate our faith. Say it with me. Jesus is my Lord. I live to please the Lord and know Jesus more intimately. I decide and decree Jesus is my Redeemer. You've redeemed me from sin to eternal life. You've redeemed me from disease to healing and health. You've redeemed me from poverty to abundance and blessing. I decide this morning and I decree the favor of God surrounds me like a shield. I have favor with God and man. I like people and they like me. I'm filled with peace. I decide and decree. I'm accepted in Christ. Love loves me and he's made me righteous in his sight. Therefore, I have no guilt. 
No inferiority or shame. I decree today, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I am happy. I'm full of joy and laughter. I am blessed to be a blessing. I'll add value to people this week by being an encourager. I decree I'm generous and I consider it a joy to bless others. I decide and decree and I declare I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm his workmanship. As a matter of fact, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I got the mind of Christ. I'm being satisfied with a long life. And the greater one lives in me. I think we've got something to thank him for. Let's lift our voice and thank him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen.